0: welcome to every horror movie on netflix the show where we watch review and discuss every horror movie on netflix Back again. It's me, Chris, here with Patrick. Hello. And Steven. Hi. Steven's a little under the weather today. A little bit, a little congested. So it might not sound like Steven, but you can take my word for it. It's the same Steven we all
1: know and love. It's me. It's nice to be loved too. Thank you for adding that. What did we watch this week, guys? Terrifier. We watched the Terrifier. I almost said it's not the Terrifier. Right. It's just Terrifier. I almost said Terrified, which is a movie that dropped on uh, Shudder about a week ago. I'd planned on doing a double feature, and it just didn't happen.
0: There's too much terror for you. Now, this was actually uh, your pick, Stephen, on the
1: Wheel of Death last time. It was. Well, we'd all been discussing it prior. I think we left a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the last episode. As to why we chose it, uh, there was a tweet from uh, Rob Galuzzo, who is uh, co-host of the shockwaves podcast which i'm a huge fan of and i think these guys have started listening a little bit. Mm. He also runs Dread Central and they have a new label called Dread Central Presents that put out this movie and he was tweeting about the woes of the streaming industry.
0: Yeah, so i saw this tweet and Patrick and i had a little uh, debate about it already on our own um but Rob Galuzzo tweeted in quotes I've been waiting so long to see this. And then he says, that's regarding our films as they come to Netflix and Amazon Prime. I understand the enthusiasm to see them, but they've been on VOD and Blu-ray all year long. And that, in capitals, is when your support matters more. Hashtag, but hey, it's free now. Um, So I saw that tweet and I was like, who is this guy and what is he talking about? And it was just a couple clicks. I found out that he was a distributor for this movie Terrifier. Which has a great title that kind of drew me in a little bit.
1: Yeah, and, uh, so. it comes off as a little, little callous, maybe a little bit entitled. But I understand if you're just getting into the distribution game, it's kind of a kind of like the wild west. I mean, people don't buy physical media anymore, except for nerds like you and me, Chris. Yeah, and I, there are a lot of times when I know about a movie, um, like Ghost Stories, which came out fairly recently. I didn't know where to find it. Like, I think it was on VOD, but only on certain platforms that I wasn't familiar with at the time, so there are a lot of cases where you know about a movie, and you just don't know how to watch it, and it's more convenient to just sit and wait for it to pop up on Netflix or Shutter.
0: Well, you and I have talked about Content overload and how we're living in the age where there's just a ridiculous amount of... Really, an infinite amount of content available.
2: Content-nami. And,
0: and, I mean, we've been getting some uh, requests from our listeners about, hey, are you going to review this movie? Are you going to review this movie on Netflix? And Netflix itself is putting out, you know, like an original series or an original show every day. And Mm -hmm. you just can't keep up with it all. And so... It's kind of created a devaluation of of media, um, and and Patrick and I were talking about this. You know, he works in print media, which is maybe even more <laughs> drastic case.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was I was just comparing it. I mean, I empathized a lot with. Rob Gluza statement, both thinking about what it would be like to be in his position in the movie industry, but also just thinking about, you know, friends I know who are trying to make it as musicians and how much the new model of media distribution has really changed uh, what they do in sometimes a very negative way. And of course, in my industry as well, it's even worse because, you know, in this new age, everybody expects to get basically everything for free or like nine ninety nine a month just to have access to fucking everything you know and so i empathize a lot with i mean especially in the movie world you know you put out a movie maybe it doesn't uh get a very wide release and finally it shows up on this service where everybody's paying 9.99 a month i don't really know what the payout is for somebody like galuzzo or the guy who made this film if you get your film on netflix but i would guess it's probably less than if somebody just buys a copy of your blu-ray I don't know i empathize with people who are trying to make art under those circumstances
1: i do too i mean what's not okay with me and it seems like bad business is calling out people who genuinely like the thing that you put out for not supporting it in the way
2: that he would prefer yeah i mean it's certainly a tad negative but i understand his frustration
0: and i don't know enough about netflix's business model and the economics of it but i'm probably in a minority of people who will buy a movie if i have no other way of watching it same you know or i will get it on vod or whatever and pay for it i guess i'm sure most people aren't like that but i'm you know one of the questions is well why put your content on netflix anyway you know i mean you're kind of playing the game to get your percentage from netflix because it's better than nothing
2: oh because you're gonna do whatever you can to make money for your investors (laughs) right and i guess in this case he probably is the investor because didn't he produce the movie i think
1: he just he just bought it i think he just acquired it and distributes it um you know probably saw it at a festival or something
0: and i mean that's really the that's the challenge of
1: movie distribution you know that's i mean the model makes sense okay so It was out on VOD, and then it was out on Blu-ray, and now it's on Netflix. I mean, maybe it should have... He probably wishes it hadn't dropped on Netflix so soon after being on VOD and Blu-ray. Who knows, but we saw it on Netflix. What is this movie, guys? uh, you know,
0: the tweet got our attention and and got us interested
1: in the movie, so... I was on the fence, and uh, then you told me about the tweet, and I was kind of... um, I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way. So here we are talking about Terrifier. It worked,
2: Rob. I get, yeah, I guess in the end, his negativity <laughs> turned out to be a great marketing technique because now he's on the extremely popular podcast, Every Horror Movie on Netflix. Yeah, so.
0: the only yeah. podcast more popular than his own. <laughs>
2: Enjoy the bump. Um, You're welcome, Rob.
0: <laughs> so uh, Terrifier is, is a movie. Long story short, the movie is about a clown who is a slasher. And he stalks people
2: and kills them. <laughs> it's kind of like short story short, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, there's not, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to this thing. So, it could be an ABCs of death.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's directed by a guy named Damien Leone. And he also directed um, several other films that involve the same character in, like, a supporting aspect. Mm-hmm. Or All like, Hallows' Eve is an it. anthology. Yeah and one of the vignettes i guess involved the same clown character which is called what's the name of this clown art art,
2: art the clown art the clown it's the art the clown cinematic universe the art of the clown <laughs> the art of the clown
0: there was that and then there was something else i think a short in addition to all hallows, hallows eve that described this clown and i guess people said hey we love that clown can we get more of that guy
2: <laughs> and i'll be damned here we have Terrifier. Can you imagine if Damien Chazelle directed this movie instead of Damien Leone? That would be amazing. <laughs> with uh, Fletcher as Art with, the clown. Yeah, what's
0: uh, what's Fletcher's real name? This
2: really should just be cut out. <laughs> no, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons as the clown. <laughs> I watched the hell out of that. Hell yeah.
0: And really, a very basic premise. We have uh, some women in like a derelict building, and
1: there's a the clown, and he's trying to kill some people. He's a pretty, I'm not scared of clowns. I've never understood that phenomenon. He's a pretty scary looking clown. I mean, he has like kind of a prosthetic face mask that enhances his cheekbones and also this like black and red makeup that he puts around his mouth and on his teeth. Yeah, which lends him a pretty disturbing look. I think. So he's
0: black yeah. and white. I mean, you you if you look if you look up Terrify or even see it on Netflix, you'll see the face of the clown. But. He's
2: like the world's most horrifying mime. Basically, his teeth appear permanently bloodstained. He's got this just like black square painted around his face, which I thought was sort of a unique aesthetic touch because usually a clown either has a huge grin or a huge frown painted on its face, but it's just kind of this black hole. And uh, and he's mad. Yeah, he and he's, he's mute. He speaks. never speaks. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I read an interview with the director, and he said that basically he was trying to make this movie in a niche. He was like, well, you know, there hasn't been just a good straight slasher. This is kind of his attempt at making a horror icon, you know, like a, like a Jason or something. He's like, there hasn't really been a movie like this in a while. And I'm not sure he said if there was ever a slasher that involved, like, a clown. And so he's trying to play off the fear of clowns to make a slasher. And then the character is deliberately set up to contrast, uh, with Pennywise, lest we accuse him of ripping off the clown motif. Mm -hmm. So where Pennywise Mm -hmm. talks, this guy doesn't talk. Where Pennywise is colorful, this guy's black and white. Where Pennywise, like, I haven't seen it. That's my dirty secret. (laughs) However, Pennywise fucks you up. This guy has like a bag full of like all sorts of implements he uses. That's, you know, another contrast, um.
2: Well, yeah, and I guess he's a very, um, he's a very physical, very real world presence, as opposed to Pennywise being, you know, a magical creature, basically, that can transform into anything. That makes him sound so cute. A magical creature, (laughs) yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, (laughs) He's our sweet little friend. I think he's cute. Anyway. So the clown's
0: scary. I mean, the clown looks uh, eerie. And the movie banks a lot on you being afraid of clowns. If you're afraid of clowns, this is probably the most terrifying movie you've ever seen. It, it's it's a it terrifier. will live up to its title yeah <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm not hugely I don't understand the clown thing much either but this was a pretty freaky fucking clown I mean it hasn't like haunted my dreams or anything but it's scarier than Pennywise
1: yeah and other than that though I mean there's not a lot of meat on these bones it is I was thinking like I haven't I don't like slashers I didn't grow up I know a lot of <laughs> Even people who sort of, like, agree that they're not, like, the Friday the 13th movies are terrible are still, like, fans of them because they grew up with them and Jason is iconic to them. Uh, you know, we talked about the whole Halloween franchise, which began with a really simple bare bones slasher. I didn't connect to that either. I guess for a certain kind of person, this might be exciting to see a movie that, like, basically there's no motivation, there's almost no plot to speak of. It didn't do a lot for me.
2: It is interesting what you said about the director trying to create a new slasher icon, because I'm thinking about that now, and there, there hasn't been one in a while. Yeah, I mean, Jigsaw is like your most recent, but But he's he's not not even a slasher. No, that's interesting. I mean, I guess it's just a different time, but you'd think there'd still have been, you know, some like notable slasher franchise since fucking, you know, Jason and and Halloween, Scream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's so meta but and self referential it's still, but it's still, that it almost you know, doesn't count.
1: That's still twenty plus years ago. Right. I I don't wanna see a new slasher icon, especially with sort of the the cultural moment that we're living in. I think it's like less um, it's it's more disturbing and less appropriate than ever to have mm-hmm. a character like this on the big screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah i was just trying to like visualize what a modern like slasher icon would even look like or sort of what you could tap into but that's that's really true it I might got, might be too close like, for I comfort don't, at y- this
1: point yeah i don't need an you know an 80 minute movie where it's just like it's a man run. tormenting women for no reason yeah Just going
2: on a murder rampage
1: <laughs> well the the
0: new slasher icon is the pizza face killer uh yes so, lo- wait for that one yeah from yours truly but yeah, you know so they have this character and really that's not a lot of other artistry going on in this movie. And that was kind of disappointing for me because like I said, I thought the design of of Ted the Clown, what the hell? Art, Art, the, Clown, <laughs> Art the Clown. I thought the design of Art the Clown was good and eerie and yeah, it was interesting. Sure. But like you meet him, he's like introduced, like you see him head to toe, like standing on a street, and then you like there's a a pretty lengthy scene where he's sitting in a pizza parlor under fluorescent lights,
2: kind of just doing a mime routine. He's initially introduced like gearing up. It's like the yeah, Batcave right. scene where he's like strapping all his shit on, like when Batman's putting on the fucking utility belt or whatever in the Batman movies.
0: Right. So you do get those glimpses. It's a little bit like uh, the beginning of Nightmare on Elm Street, where you see him like sharpening <laughs> yeah. his shit. But th- they don't present this creepy guy in a manner that makes him creepy. I totally agree. Um, he's kind of just presented like uh, the, the young tramp like Charlie Chaplin <laughs> he's there he's got his little hat he's doing like a mime routine he's kind of adorable early on and again if you're not innately t- uh, scared of clowns you're going to be like well that's kind of weird but that's it
2: Hmm. So you would have preferred like the cinematography or editing, uh, present him in a creepier way. Yes. the,
0: The cinematography does nothing to make this guy scary. And we talked about Halloween, like, you know, Michael Myers isn't especially scary either, but the way he's introduced is pretty fucking scary. You know, you see him, like, vaguely, and you see him at distance, and he seems like a menace,
1: and this guy's just fucking chilling there under the fluorescent lights. There's no mystery to him. Yeah, we get intimate with him immediately, and, yeah. you know, it's it's just hard not to see him as sort of a caricature at that point.
0: They were really proud of this clown, and they want you to see it for the whole movie, and it doesn't really add to the horror, so.
2: Hmm. I For mean it me, almost felt like he's like he's the protagonist, right? I mean, no
1: there's hard
0: to pick out another protagonist. Yeah, that's
2: true. <laughs> I mean the slasher kind of is the protagonist of most slasher movies. Which I've never understood. Yeah. yeah, no. It doesn't make that much sense, but it's pretty true to the genre. <laughs> I don't know. I mean I feel like the like the pizza parlor scene makes him a more tangible threat because he's just sitting there in a fucking restaurant and it's weird and disorienting because, you know, I mean plausibly you could just write that guy off as being another weirdo on halloween but we know there's something more deeply wrong with him
1: and how nobody else can figure that out was kind of mind-boggling to me too i mean i get that the two girls that we follow in the beginning were inebriated but still i mean i would want to get the fuck out of that pizza parlor (laughs) if that guy was in there whether or not i thought he might actually be a murderous maniac yeah
2: Also, their pizza take took long as fuck to show up like they're sitting there waiting for food and like talking about this clown for like 10 minutes. And finally, their food shows up and they just each have a single slice of pizza on a plate. It's like. That's you know, ten sometimes in the, ten ten seconds in the microwave. You're
0: buying by the slice, and they they, but they just ran out of cheese because some other drunk people just came through. It's obviously like closing time when the scene <laughs> takes place, and uh, so the guy put another pizza in the oven. I've never waited that long for pizza by
2: the slice, but mm-hmm. right.
1: I I got pizza by the slice last night at NYPD, and yeah, mm. the, I mean, because they put it like back in the oven and heat it up for you too, and yeah. it still takes like two minutes.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know what to tell you.
1: (laughs)
2: Huge oversight, huge uh, filmmaking flaw in this film. We (laughs) like our pizza fast and fresh
1: in this cast. (laughs) But yeah, the beginning of the movie, uh, we have two girls who are, they
0: just got wasted at a party and they're trying to get home and their names Mm. are Tara and Dawn. I'm looking up their names. That's how I can remember them.
2: I mean, really, we should briefly, though, hit on the very beginning of the film because it starts off on a very strange note. There's like a newscaster who is interviewing the sole survivor of Art the Clown's last rampage and this woman's face is just like, fucked up with pretty terrible makeup but they kind of deploy the makeup in a way that is still creepy because you don't see it enough to really realize that it's to really realize how shitty it is basically yeah she's horribly deformed she looks like gary oldman and hannibal yes yeah that was exactly what i thought of too yeah like her eye is missing and her mouth is all fucked up and um she attacks the newscaster after the newscaster does the interview and like gouges the newscaster's eyes out which really has no bearing on the rest of the film like we never no. like there you well, know until the end y- yeah but I mean still it's sort of odd that the victim from the previous rampage has become murderous herself like yeah. it sets us sets us up to kind of think the movie is about something else entirely and then we never see either of those characters that's a more again. interesting movie <laughs> um sure maybe i don't know i just thought it was odd that it literally had no bearing on the rest of the movie other than to have you know a creepy kind of gross prologue
0: it sets you up to expect that the movie's going to be about
2: shock value and (laughs) you betcha yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i also like the title card that then cuts to like a black title card with a red like very 80s terrifier font on it i like that title card the
0: whole aesthetic of the movie is i think
1: deliberately shitty
2: Oh, it's, um, I don't, um, yeah, I mean, it's super 80s.
1: Well, it's got like this kind of terrible Instagram filter over the whole thing, too. It's yeah. all like high contrast, yeah.
0: weird color tones, kind of like a faded thing. It looks like they like ran the movie through a VHS tape and like brought it back and cleaned
1: it up digitally or something. It's it almost like good. yeah, it's almost like they wanted sort of the the 80s, like very sort of like colorful or almost yes. like argento like thing, but they couldn't afford to make it look like that on set, so they just sort of digitally altered it after the fact. Well, I don't know. I but how much the colored light bulbs really cost. Uh-huh.
2: Well, I mean, the color was there. It's just there's there are effects added after the fact to make those colors more... Um, I would say warm and also garish are the two words I would use to describe them. I mean, certainly that lighting, those colors were there on set, you know. But there's definitely heavy post-production effects added here. I mean, they're going for the 80s Grindhouse, right. B-movie sort yeah. of aesthetic. So
0: it looks like shit, but I I don't hold that against it because I think it was a deliberate choice, maybe motivated by budget, to make the movie look like shit.
2: I wouldn't even say Def- it looks like shit. I mean, it, it has mm. a... I don't know. It was it was eye popping.
0: It, it it looks like an entry in the Detroit
1: Forty Eight Hour Horror Film Project Festival. <laughs> it looks really bad. I mean, the the blacks are so crushed too. I mean, it doesn't help that we're watching it like streaming on Netflix. Yeah. But well, there you go. That that's the argument for buying your movies on Blu Ray. <laughs> I bet I would have had a totally different experience. I I might give this movie a different rating if I had seen it on Blu Ray. Maybe probably not.
2: Thank God we're not doing every horror movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, so something that bothered me so these girls are trying to get home. Of course, the one who's the drunkest wants to drive. You could have cut... Actually, there would be no movie if they had just fucking ordered an Uber or a Lyft.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I thought that many times. I was like, call a fucking Uber. Call a fucking cab. What the fuck?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so the, the, the one girl who's, like, more less drunk her phone dies but it's clear that the other girl's phone is working because she's like taking selfies and shit in the pizza shop
0: well they end up calling the one girl's sister for a ride and you thought the pizza took a long time to show up um but they should have called an uber at least to get a good scare when they get in the uber and the uber driver is the terrifier
2: (laughs) I mean, you know, phones have made it much harder to write a movie in general over the last decade. Like there are so many things where you have to write around phones because phones make everything so much easier. But this was one of those things where I was just like, call an Uber, you know, because I I try and like cut some slack for that, I guess. Where it's like, okay, well, I mean, I guess you have to come up with some way to, you know, still put people in a precarious situation. But this one was just so like, come (laughs) on, man.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna include phones and you're gonna show us that they're working, we're gonna have these questions. Yeah, I like the idea of the terrifier being an Uber driver. Yeah,
0: and they see
1: the thing He's on their phone pay the and somehow. they see the little picture of the terrifier and they're like, no, and they're trying to cancel and it won't cancel. <laughs> What's really terrifying is what he does to the bathroom <laughs> in the pizza oh, parlor. God.
0: Again, just shock. Yeah. So, he he uh, gets into a little confrontation with my favorite character in the film, who's the owner of the pizza place, who's like <laughs> a caricature of like a New York pizza parlor owner. Yeah. And he comes over, he's like, all right, what can I get you? Hey, man, if you're not going to order anything, you got to leave. And then he ends up going into the bathroom and I guess uh, smearing feces and blood all over the walls. That's it. Yeah.
2: He he just has explosive diarrhea, yeah, inexplicably, so. and then doesn't he write his name in yeah. the shit on the bathroom art. stall? Yeah, wall, yeah,
0: yeah, high highbrow, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it art? <laughs>
0: And, uh, yeah, so then he kills the pizza parlor staff. Brutally. Uh, Brutally, yeah. And uh, the effects in this movie are... This is... uh, I would call it an effects-driven film, I guess. You know, this is obviously a film that's made to showcase the director's practical gore effect abilities. And it's fine.
1: Is he a special effects guy himself?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: That makes so much sense. Yeah. And
0: I think... I don't know if it was this movie or one of the preceding films with Art the Clown, but it was like deliberately made to like shove a bunch of like
1: gore like, effects into it like proof of concept for kind this of. movie yeah okay
2: well yeah i mean there are so many effects in this that are clearly just an effects artist having a fucking great time you know with practical effects and i i appreciated that you know like that specifically that pizza parlor murder the employee comes out of the bathroom or something from cleaning up the shit and finds his boss's head just sitting on the counter. The eyes are burning like flames are just shooting out of the guy's eye sockets. And I think out of either either his nose or his mouth. Hat. Yeah. Which like how the fuck does that even happen? But more importantly, nobody cares. Like it's just yeah. because they were like, Oh, let's have flames coming out of his eyes and his mouth. That'd be awesome. And it kinda was awesome. I hadn't seen that before. I was like, okay. I'm down. Let's go. I'm delighting then, more in hearing your description of it than I did when yeah, I actually watched me too. it. And then Art stabs the other employee to death brutally. And we see a, his horribly mangled face, which was also realized pretty brilliantly. Like the tongue is just kind of flopping out the side of the like destroyed mouth. I was like, okay, I'm here for this.
0: I think this would have been a better movie if they wanted to just kind of... Make it about the effects more and make it about this clown that kills people in extreme and, you know, bizarre ways. Like, you have some marquee effects kills in this movie, and then there's a lot of just like, oh, someone got stabbed in the head. Oh, someone got stabbed. Someone got shot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would love to see the effects team from this work on better movie <laughs> you know I, I i reveled in the creativity and just the kind of balls outness of the effects but you know certainly there's not a lot holding together right. the individual kills this
0: movie seems like a proof of concept for yes. another movie Yeah, i guess they're gonna make another movie without the clown it's apparently gonna be a little more ambitious about like what's his backstory who is he whatever Ugh, uh, <sighs> i don't i don't who wants that i
1: don't know i I needed something I need during something. this movie, but I don't want a sequel to explain it. I'm, I
2: think Art and I are done. So this raises a question for me. Actually, you know, for a minute I was like, they really should have told us more about this guy. But then I was I was tussling with it because you know, I mean, last week, last episode we did Cargo, and we were talking about, and we all, sh- I think we've all kind of espoused this view before about zombie movies in general. We don't care where the fuck the zombie plague comes from, you know. But then also, so like perhaps with this film or especially with Halloween, we're also kind of in the middle about like, do we really want to know more about this character or not? And I guess it's just kind of a general question that I don't have the answer to. Like how much do we actually want to know about the semi faceless antagonist in these films? You know?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, if I care about the, about his victims, I don't need to know anything. Mm. I didn't care about these people. I mean, the performances didn't help. Um, this is no. like some community theater level acting. But if I care about the victims and I'm invested in their story, I'd prefer not to know much of anything about the killer if it's a slasher. Mm. Um, for this, I'd like to... I need something. There so in
2: situations where the antagonist is essentially the protagonist, you do want to know more.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's his motivation? Yeah. Why is he doing this? Like, Why am I spending yeah. an hour and a half watching him brutalizing these women? Yeah. I need something. I need
0: anything to interest me. Mm-hmm. This movie...
1: I don't think interested me at any point. <laughs> no, <laughs> me either. I mean, I, I was you know I, I went into it with with open eyes. I was curious. It was obviously, the the image of Art the Clown is very striking on the poster. Um, and that's, that's it? it. The first five minutes satisfied my curiosity, and there was nothing to cling to for the rest of it. I mean, I, I checked out for a large swath of this pretty short movie.
2: I was invested just on, in the thrill ride. You know, I mean, I you know it's not a great film, but. And there certainly aren't a lot of characters to hang your hat on. Although I will say I was kind of invested in Tara or Dawn, who's the blonde, I forget. I think Dawn is the blonde. So Tara then. I sort of had my chips on her as being the survivor. But yeah, I I enjoyed it just as a thrill ride.
1: I wish it had felt like a thrill ride.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so much more exciting
1: than what I watched. Okay, does anybody remember what this is about? Because I don't. I wrote, Punctuality is the Thief of Time
0: oh yeah that's um What's that? <laughs> that's because the, they're in an apartment building ostensibly and they meet the one lady who has a doll that thinks is her oh, God! and you know what it was weird because they play with that so much that I after a while I started to think is the movie trying to present this to me as an actual baby but they just couldn't find one <laughs> so they're using a doll and accepting me expecting me to accept it Because, like, the the, the clown... (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Because the clown ends up menacing the doll. Yeah. And they play it like they would if it were menacing an actual baby. Like the baby from Cargo? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's... We don't need to get back into that.
2: (laughs) Guys, I cried. I was invested in this doll. And I don't appreciate the callous attitude. I needed more from the doll's perspective.
0: wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was like, is this just like a low budget thing and it's actually supposed to be a baby?
2: (laughs) Terrifier, a whole different movie if it's from the doll's perspective. All right, so should we review it? Yeah, I'm assuming that no, was that all was offcast. Some fucked up shit. Oh no, actually, I think that's semi important. I mean, I want to talk about that woman. What is the relevance of that woman? She's sort of treated as important to the plot, and then just totally disappears. She I has thought, nothing to do with anything.
1: For some reason, I thought she had some kind of like symbiotic relationship with
2: Art. Me too, but it's never explained. Maybe that's yeah. going to be in the sequel.
1: Uh, I think I this know. movie was just Terror all over fires. the place. I don't. I don't remember if she lived or died. Honestly. Me neither. Me neither. What
2: happens to her? Did we ever even find out? If none of us remembered, I feel like maybe it's not even shown. I don't
0: remember. I don't know. There's the, the last the weird... I remember is she the the clown is menacing the doll.
2: There's the weird scene where she kind of like talks him down and starts to like appeal to him on a human level and sort of you know, suggests that he's sort of a wounded child. And there's this really fucked thing where he starts sucking his thumb. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, and props to this actor because he does some really just creepy, memorably creepy shit just with his body language and his facial expressions. But he starts sucking his thumb like a little child and she like is cradling him. And I sort of forget what happens after that. Does anybody remember? Where no. it goes from there?
0: I don't remember. That's not to say that it doesn't go somewhere, but it yeah. just failed to register with me.
2: Bizarre yeah, moment though, I was a Bizarre character but I, was very checked I bring
0: her up because she's the character that
1: says Punctuality is the thief of time Okay mm-hmm. Which is a very bizarre quote yeah, And I don't remember the context either yeah. yeah that
2: doesn't really make any sense
1: No that's why I wrote it down I like backed up to hear it again <laughs> So I could put it in my notes And yet somehow I still didn't remember the context
0: Well it's I think it's going to be too hard for us To talk too much more about this move Back in into the spoilers So uh, shall we review it?
2: Well, we still have to talk about that scene.
0: Well, yeah, we gotta go to the spoiler room to talk about that scene. Oh, do we? Okay. Yeah, probably. Steven, it was your, your pick. It
1: was your fault. <laughs> w- would you view it, cue it, or screw it? It was Rob Galuzzo's fault. I would definitely screw it. I I, I feel sorry for anybody who rented this on VOD or bought it on Blu-ray. No, I kid, I kid. This, this movie is probably for... I think some people would really enjoy this. I think if you like... I don't know. I think if, I I can't put myself in the mind of somebody who's a big slasher fan. Like I'd like to say, if you really like '80s slashers, you'll like this movie. But I've seen a few of those, and they were more compelling than this. I mean, the makeup's great. The actor who plays Art Art the Clown is clearly game. I mean, he gives a memorable performance without uttering a single word. I'll I'll never forget him. Um, I will forget everything else about this movie, though. It's already starting to kind of seep away <laughs> i'll
2: never forget him you're gonna be on your deathbed and you're gonna be like damn you are <laughs> damn you are yeah
1: no i mean he's, if you're afraid of clowns he's he's probably the scariest clown in the movies in in the pictures <laughs> uh, but but screw it it sounded like i was veering toward a cue it for a minute there as i was thinking aloud but def, definitely screw it
0: yeah i uh i'll also say screw it big time um this may be my least favorite of the movies i've watched so far whoa um it's Whoa. yeah it's because do we need to go through the whole list again no but <laughs> I'm just thinking the shark, shark movies of the shark movies yeah they're better than this for me American Poltergeist American Poltergeist had heart and things that I could latch onto and find become interested in or at least be interested in where they were going and then this movie just I mean it feels like a short that ate too much pizza by the slice and (laughs) swelled to you know 80 something minutes and it's a one trick movie it's got well two trick movie it's got the gore effects which are solid and it's got the clown which is creepy but horribly misused he's a scary character used in the least scary ways um, and it's just kind of a movie that exists to waste your time and, and try to appeal to shock value and I'm sure there's an audience for this movie especially if people are you know really have a fo- clown phobia and they want to get under their skin sure watch the movie I don't really know who would watch this and appreciate it just as a slasher though you yeah, know but there's a lot of stuff out in the world I don't understand so screw it Patrick
2: I'm going to say cue it. You know, I feel like for really dedicated fans of slashers or maybe for really dedicated fans of just like lowbrow old school horror, you could get some some real kicks out of this. It might be closer to a view it. In general, I thought it was, you know, obviously gory. It's fun for the gore and certainly memorable for Art the Clown. I did find it actually scary in, in some scenes. You know, it's an enjoyable little I I hate to use the word thrill ride because I feel like that's not really summing up like what I'm trying to say but you know it's just a little it's a little shock delivery system basically and if you want to throw on a bucked up little shock delivery system for 84 minutes sure throw it in the fucking queue
0: well I can't
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean it does exactly what what it sets out to do I think and no more
0: oh I totally agree it sets out with what it attempts to do I just wish it had attempted to do something different or more ambitious anyway so well that's 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 uh, that we're gonna go down to the spoiler room we're gonna talk about some of the uh, specific thrills you might say and uh hash hash everything out there so go watch terrifier get terrified or if you decide you want to be spoiled
1: stick around we'll be back to spoil everything to I've got to be on alert in case I get a call about my car. Oh yeah, this is a this is art at <laughs> <laughs> what
0: About a mechanic who's a slasher. What about you take your car to the mechanic and they call you in to pick it up and the mechanic dismembers the car in front of your eyes. Oh, <laughs> and but he'll, he he okay. does it for like like classic cars and like cars that people give a shit about and there's like some like 70 year old guy and his Porsche is like being like torn apart by a giant saw and he's screaming you son of
1: a bitch you son of a bitch <laughs> no no all right, I have nothing to say to that. Um, because
0: his, his, his daughter was hit by a car. And now he just wants them all.
1: He's got a vendetta. He was hit by a car at the classic car show. Going like five miles <laughs> an hour. <laughs> yep,
0: excruciating. And he was like, stop, stop. And the guys are old and they're like, had their like, old man sunglasses on. They're like, what? And they're just like five miles an hour. Crunch, 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 crunch. They're like heads under the tire. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. We're in the spoiler room, ready to talk about Terrifier and everything
1: that terrified us. Spoiler room. If anything. You know, I. so we see a little bit of um, Art's workshop in the beginning of the film, and it's... I think he might have ripped off the design for the spoiler room a little bit. It looked very familiar to me. Mm. I actually let him use it for this movie.
2: Wow. Yeah. Aiding and abetting, huh? Yeah. Fuck.
0: Yeah, I actually get a cut of the royalties if you buy this movie on Blu-ray or VOD.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, did you wipe the flecks of vagina off the hacksaw after <sighs> he finished? All
0: right, well, we'll might as well get this over with. Let's talk about the scene.
2: Segway of the year right here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Patrick, you want to tell us what happens to this poor woman?
2: Oh, God. Um. What are their fucking names? Is Dawn? Tara and it's Dawn. Dawn, it's Dawn, Dawn right? is the victim. Yeah. So... Tara wakes up after running from art and being like fairly capable in running from art, which was one of the reasons I was sort of disappointed when she died because I was sort of rooting for her. She wakes up, art reveals Dawn, right?
0: Dawn. Who's named
2: Dawn anymore? No one. Dawn named Art? Yeah. All these names. Actually, that's probably, you know, now that I think about it, all these characters are intentionally named like sort of 80s names. I feel like these are all names people would have had if this movie had been made in the 80s. Anyways, Dawn is hanging upside down by her ankles from some, like, harness thing. She's nude other than a pair of panties. Art rips off her panties and then takes a fucking hacksaw and just starts sawing between Dawn's legs, like, right directly down the, like, line of her ass cheeks slash vagina and just saws straight down her body all the way down to, like, her forehead and just splits the body completely in half. And I had... I went on a roller coaster ride of emotions, guys. Let me tell you as this played out. Tell me. Because at first I was like, wow, that's horribly exploitative. And within the... And Art does this really fucking fast, too. Like, he is proficient with this saw. This all goes very quickly. It's
0: not... You can't do this in real life with a hacksaw.
2: No. No. I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) But by the end, it turned out to just kind of be another, like, over-the-top gore effect. And my... Uh, reaction shifted very quickly to just kind of like a, huh, wow, I haven't seen that before.
1: Yeah, I wasn't, I was grossed out initially when he started, um, when he's actually sawing at her vagina. I'm, spoiler alert, I don't, I don't have one of those, but I could still <laughs> imagine that like maybe, you know, a, a female seeing this movie would be more grossed out than I was. And I still felt like a little bit of a, it felt a little cringy. And then very quickly, I just realized like, oh, they're just, this is the director pulling off a trick for us. Like he wants to show us that he can saw a woman in two. And I, and I felt some distance from it.
2: Right. I think the the shift in my perception of this was that at first it felt like it was intended to sexually titillate, but it turned out it's, it read more to me in the end that the point of the scene was just to show that they could create this ridiculously over the top gore effect. And you couldn't have done it basically with a clothed person. Like it would not have been as, impactful a final visual and so i think that's why my perception of it shifted from wow this seems really fucked up and exploitative to wow look at what they did there you know that's and i mean that's basically the reaction that you're supposed to have i think is wow
0: <laughs> yeah I, look at that <laughs> i wasn't immersed in the movie by this point and so when this happens i i was like okay th- they're pushing buttons, or... or I don't even know if they were pushing buttons. I think you're exactly right about the intent of the scene, but I was like, what, are you trying to shock me with this? Like, this just is so over-the-top that like, okay, let's move on to the next thing.
1: Thankfully, it's short. I mean, I could see, especially because it seems like it's kind of the linchpin of this whole movie. Like, that was probably the first scene that the director-writer came up with. You know, we're in and out of there in, like, three to five minutes Mm -hmm. at the most. Like, I could see another another filmmaker stretching this out for 20 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. A Lars von Trier would probably make an entire movie out of
2: it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another reason that the scene actually wound up coming off fairly positively to me, because, again, it's not really meant to i feel like it's not really played that much for actual horror like you're not supposed to empathize that much with either of the characters it's all just for like wow that's a really extreme effect good job guys you staged that really well like it's mostly intended just for like i think appreciation on a technical level mostly
0: (laughs) and the movie would be better off like i said if it had done more of these things with art and that was art's gimmick like Freddy comes to you in in your dreams and art will kill you with like a crazy ass gore contraption and turn your head into a jack-o'-lantern and it'll look kind of funny and cool.
2: But there are a lot of those moments and almost enough for me to feel like it is kind of just a, you know, again, like I said before a shock delivery system, like there, I will admit there, there are gaps that are too big between some of the shocks, but I still think there are a decent number of those moments. You know, I mean, we've talked about three of them already. Or I have. Yeah, I, sure. Now I've been the one to explicitly describe three of them, so you, watch, you guys can take a turn on the next one.
0: <laughs> you want to watch a movie with practical effects and some gore and where the guy's just a badass killing everybody, watch Bagman. It's a eight or nine minute short on YouTube from the early days of YouTube. It's like really low resolution. You'll have to like didn't you send this to me recently? Oh yeah, yeah, I send this yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Um, you didn't send it to me. Oh, I sent it you. It's called Bagman. I was Bagman for Halloween once. Uh, it's like a European teenagers made this like action short, and it's about a guy who wears a brown paper shopping bag on his head and like fights a bunch of gangsters and just dispatches all of them in like ridiculously gory and comic ways. Great film. Sounds like a hoot. Yeah, go watch that. Don't watch uh, Terrifier. That's my recommendation
1: i'll say really quickly that okay i there is some value to practical effects and even though i think this movie is reprehensible on a very deep level i think it's cool that like at least they didn't use cgi like you know this is there are still people practicing that craft and this was a chance for them to show off and they they did a good job
0: they actually Mm.
1: hung a woman upside down good for them
0: They could have done it with a computer, but...
2: <laughs> no, they created the fake, like, sliced-in-half woman, I think, is the point. Yeah. Right. Not that they hung the actress upside down. Right. Anyhow, that's all I had on that. So what's the fucking ending of this shit? What do we have to spoil here? Man, right.
0: so the, the one of the spoilers is that our main two characters, Don and Tara, who are, you know, the protagonists, die, and I was like, oh, great, the movie's over, time to do something else. Nope, you're 45 minutes in, to, there's still 45 minutes left to go. And we've lost the two protagonists. And so I'm like, what's going to happen next? Well, the sister who was supposed to come give him a ride shows up. And then she becomes the new you know, person for, for Art the Clown to chase around. Art the Clown to chase around. <laughs> and then in the end, you know, he kills some people who don't matter. And then he eventually... Um, what happens to her face? He attacks her. He, is he stabbing her or shooting
2: her? He, um, he is eating her face. Eating her face that's right he he runs her over with a truck and then uh i think starts to stab her and when the police get to him, he is eating her face
0: okay. One thing I did like is art has a gun, and uh you know there's the one of the, our heroes is like beating him with a two by four pretty
2: underutilized weapon actually. In this movie or in general? I was, yeah, I was oh. making a joke about, like, <laughs> oh. in general. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Well, that's the thing, because, you know, you notice that horror villains almost never use guns, and I don't mm. know why that is. If it's a, a NRA lobbying, or if it's, um, you know, just something that's not as visceral
1: about a gun in our minds as a knife or a blunt object. Well, because you can, I mean, it's, as it's an implement of death, it's fairly swift. I don't think that makes for good drama, or at least
2: good thrills. And it requires <laughs> you to get up. A- or it doesn't require you to get up close necessarily. And it's a little more like game over if there's a guy with a gun after you. Like,
0: Well, I feel like often you could have the same movie and you give the villain a knife and it's a horror movie. You give him a gun and it becomes like a thriller or an action movie. I don't know. It's always interested me. So I was interested when our hero's being him with a two-by-four, Art the Clown, and he, like, it looks like she's about to, like, kill him, and and that's going to be the end of the movie, and he just, like, reaches in his pants and pulls out a gun and shoots her. (laughs) It's shocking. (laughs) It's shocking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, Art carries a gun. Great. That's interesting. So.
2: So, when the police have him cornered and are trying to get him to put his hands up, he pulls out the gun and shoots himself.
0: He shoots himself. In the mouth, in the head, he's dead, he's done, art the clown, so much for the franchise, or is it mm because then we go to someone's basement that's been dressed up like a morgue, which I thought was, you know, a nice touch. Like, you know, obviously they had no money and they were like, well, let's do a morgue scene. And they just decided to dress up someone's basement as a morgue. And I was like, all right, I appreciate the creativity. It passes. And you have a little coroner and he's got the body bags and uh, a little corner. A little corner.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, Art the Clown's still alive Danny in the DeVito body bag. He's still alive in the body bag, giving his little, little oh, of course he is. Chocolate syrup smile in the body bag.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, implausible how he could have survived it, but maybe we'll find out. Maybe, maybe it's the curse of thorn. He has the
1: mark of thorn. The mark
2: of thorn. Yeah, and he'll be back in Terrifier's.
1: Can you imagine if the, this follows the same trajectory as the Halloween movies in <laughs> forty years later when we're seventy? <laughs> it's going to get rebooted with yeah. the original cast. Yeah, that'd be great. The original lead. Yeah! Oh, wow, I can't wait. Don's got a reason to live now. Dawn's
0: gonna be in the next movie with like some stitches, like going down her chest, and she's gonna be like, "I'm okay."
2: <laughs> can't can't wait to still be doing this podcast in twenty years and be beating the shit out of Chris over whether or not it's Terrifier two O or Terrifier twenty.
0: Yeah, where are we gonna be by 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 twenty years from now? We might be. Uh, I don't know. Maybe at the letter J. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: well played. Uh, and yeah, then- so, I, I I mean, and it's it, it's such a bizarre moment, especially because, like, the movie is, you know, I mean, it's it's ludicrous to say that a movie that saws a woman in a half with a hacksaw in two minutes is barely rooted in reality. But for the most part, like, when people get stabbed or shot or whatever in this movie, like, they get fucked up in the way that you would in real life. But fucking art shoots himself in the goddamn head and somehow wakes back up from it. And it just, it registers very weirdly with it. Do, it doesn't yeah. gel with the rest of the kind of
0: the reality, rules of, the rules yeah. that the
2: movie is set up. Yeah. And then we find out there's some non-sequential shit that I didn't even realize.
0: Yeah. So our,
1: our-
2: I didn't even pro- process this.
0: Our, our, I guess our final girl, who doesn't quite die, but she damn near comes close and doesn't really have a face anymore. Turns out she's the faceless victim that we saw at the beginning of the movie, who got interviewed, and I guess is gonna become crazy and start like destroying other women's faces on her own. Yeah, uh, And that's kind of the end of the movie, right? It's like, oh, gotcha!
1: Look, it's her, and she's killing people. It makes the opening... Seen even more inexplicable for me and even less satisfying that it that that it's basically i don't even know how to explain it give me a second
0: like a normal person like like there's nothing
2: that our protagonist has somehow been corrupted no neither of those things (laughs) no it's just whatever move on do you have thoughts about it
1: about the payoff
2: i didn't even realize that the the opening scene depicted victoria and that it took place after the events of the rest of the movie i guess because we see art fuck up so many people and fuck up so many faces that i just assumed that victoria had been fucked up in the same way that he fucked up the sole survivor of his previous rampage so i don't know i mean if i had actually registered that i don't really know if i would have processed this all that differently no i don't i don't think it's all that great of a twist ending. It especially doesn't make that much sense because like Victoria has seemed to be a pretty decent person and fairly incorruptible and now is just crazy and uh, I guess that sucks. I don't know.
1: I mean, this movie, I don't really
2: feel anything about this that. This movie's not concerned.
0: Yeah. This movie's not <laughs> concerned with character or consequences or story, <laughs> you know? Yeah probably deliberately so i'm not trying to really diss the movie when i say that like this is a movie that's just about art the clown's creepy he's gonna chase some women he's gonna do some kills there's gonna be some gore and nothing else is a priority
2: so one wonders what the grand plan is for the next installment in the art the clown cinematic universe like is victoria still gonna be a thing or is it just going to be art the clown they i don't forget know about Victoria. I, I, I would i mean nobody cares we can't we can't speculate
1: she might get her own movie for all we know maybe i think there's
0: still some gas in the tank for art the clown if they make do a movie better with him oh yeah and i i would love to see i mean I'm, I'm not saying you know this is this is the director's baby and and i'm looking forward to see what he does with it but if they were to give art the clown to like someone who knew how to make a horror movie james Wan. James Wan, James Wan would make an amazing Art the Clown movie, you know, and so I would like to see something like that. I think it's a fine character. It's creepy, but
2: you just want to see Costas Mandalore as Art the Clown.
0: Oh my God, Costas, what are you doing these days? We we should get him on the show.
2: Costas Mandalore, of course, being the iconic actor who played the iconic character of Hoffman in Saw's which um, numbers i think
0: he's goes back to saw two wow. technically i think he's in the background in saw two wow. but at least saw three through saw seven uh hoffman greatest horror villain icon of all time greatest soap opera villain of all time <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's overqualified to act in a terrifier
2: movie <laughs> wow uh, that is extremely generous to Costas, especially given your apparent opinion of Terrifier.
0: Well, that's it, right? That's all we got to say about Terrifier, I guess. I mean, kind of a light episode, but it's
1: really it's, pretty it's light, a light movie. movie yeah.
2: It doesn't give you a lot. It's eighty-four minutes, and I mean, even as someone who enjoyed it more or less, eh, it's it's a pretty padded out eighty-four minutes.
1: Yeah, I like the pizza analogy. I think that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Again,
0: yeah, I I would be interested to go back and actually look at the short and maybe look at the anthology that Art the Clown's in and see what they did with him there. Maybe Mm. he is great and he just can't hold a whole movie by himself, or at least in this way. Maybe. Maybe the shorts are great. Maybe. We'll never know. Yeah, I'm not going to make the effort. (laughs) What are we watching next? So, some uh, interesting news next week. So, we're going back to the alphabet. We just watched Cargo, but... Just now, um, this last weekend, Cam came out. It's a Netflix original movie produced by Blumhouse. It's a horror movie set in the world of Cam Girls. And it's like right next to Cargo in the alphabet. And we all want to see it. So we're going to watch
2: Cam <laughs> next time. The phrase, the world of Cam Girls, is so funny to me.
1: Yep. I guess that's it, right? I guess that's it. Oh, and Happy Thanksgiving, our dear listeners.
0: Oh, Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, yeah. I hope you forgot to you know, slip away from the family
0: for about an hour to, to listen to your real family. I on don't. Show.
2: I hope they're sitting around the table listening to us as they carve the turkey. And hopefully they're carving that turkey yeah. right down the middle with a hacksaw. Yeah. And hopefully they're
1: each listening on separate devices because that's better for our ratings. I don't mm-hmm. want. I don't yes. want a gathering yeah. around one phone. I want each of you to have it playing individually. Everyone's place. got their little Sync it up. earbuds in. They're all silent. Everyone's. They're just... each like a few microseconds off from each yeah, other yeah. in the yeah. episode. And,
2: and maybe like throw it on the the fucking Alexa at the same time too, just in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Why not?
0: all right well we'll see you in two weeks we'll be watching cam uh until then you know watch out for those clowns out there uh, and have a great holiday uh for every horror movie on netflix i'm chris
2: i'm patrick i'm steven
0: (laughs) patrick the clown all right see you guys